0: If you're in second grade on down, you are dismissed. We've got an exciting time. Is it a requirement that your t-shirt has to light up to go to King's Kids today? I hope not. The Christmas sweaters are abundant. Last week, we lit the which candle did we light? Hope. hope. Okay. Which candle do I light this week? Well, that narrows it down. That narrows it down. And to uh, remind us about faith, we, I've asked Pat Lentz to do a, a reading for us today. Make sure you get both buttons on. You're good.
1: Good morning, church. Today we celebrate the second week of Advent season with an emphasis on the word faith. For me, sometimes being asked to share these little things makes me really have to dig into what I think before I can say something to you all. Struggling to write something for today, I found that faith is a little bit hard to define. Like the word hope, we give it more than one meaning in our language. The dictionary says that faith means complete trust or confidence in someone or something. With that meaning, you could have faith that your car will start tomorrow morning. You could have faith that the weatherman's prediction of rain might actually come true. You could have faith that your neighbor's pesky dog will wake you up at 6.30 in the morning barking. But the problem with that is, you have faith until that doesn't happen. That's not the kind of faith that the Bible talks about. In its most profound definition, the Bible says, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, Hebrews 11. That's beautifully stated, but it still confuses me. Uh, The Apostle Paul explains it further in Romans 4 when he says, No unbelief made Abraham waver concerning the promises of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do all he had promised. You catch that as he gave glory to God so faith means putting your trust in God and having so much confidence that he's going to fulfill his promises that we come and glorify him even while we wait faith is believing God's promises and knowing that they're going to happen it's still hard to define for me though it's kind of like explaining what the wind is you can't explain the wind you can explain what it does so i look for faith um, that others exhibit around me and that brings me to one of the reasons i love to come to this church it underlines and strengthens my faith every time i interact with you all <clears throat> i see the enduring strong faith of nelda and dewey and roy and Jean, still making faith their priority i see the joyous faith that eric has spreading that faith in Jesus to anyone who'll stop long enough to listen. I see the quiet, sweet, dedicated faith of a Miss Terry or a Rhonda who have faithfully led our children to Jesus for decades. The budding faith of our youth, unraveling the faith of Christ with the help of so many other adult sponsors willing to guide them. And I see the quiet, biblically sound faith of Mark and LaDonna Meyer. The faith of those who are carrying burdens today in this church encourage me that even in the hard times, we believe and we come together. So look around this morning. Think throughout this season of Advent about the faith of our fathers as well as the faith of your fellow church members and friends and pray for them and thank them for their undying examples. Continue to grow in your faith as you wait for his promises to be fulfilled, not only now but forever.
0: Thank you, Pat. Last week, the candle of hope. This week, the candle of faith. Uh, And my favorite definition of faith is what she read from Paul, that um, Paul's description of Abraham, he didn't waver. He, He gave glory to God. So first of all, he worshiped, even though he didn't understand all things, have all the details. He gave glory to God and then he counted God as faithful to do what God had promised to do. Faith is trusting God to do what he needs to do. And in this, as we've had a collision of topics, I've had a collision of our normal sermon series colliding with Christmas. Fear of the Lord is colliding with Advent and they do work together. The fear of the Lord this week The fear of the Lord leads to faith. Open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I'll be reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 to 22. The words of the Apostle Paul written to the church in Corinth, which is in Greece. Paul started this church. Paul helped select elders and leaders and teachers for this church. Paul's already written at least one letter to these people answering their questions. So this is a group of people he knows that he interacts with. He writes to them again in 2 Corinthians. Before I read it, I want to give you the the main idea. The proper fear of the Lord leads believers out of earthly fear and dread and into a holy fear with faith we are a fearful people we are scared of many things some of them justified some of them all in your head but it doesn't matter where they come from it's an emotion it's a reaction to threats it may be a personal threat it may be a threat against somebody you love we we fear for ourselves we fear for others it's a natural part of being human But we usually turn that into dread and withdrawal. We usually turn that into fight or flight. But when we're talking about the fear of the Lord, a proper fear of who God is, He's holy, He's righteous, He's all-powerful. We should have a fear of that strength, but that God invites us closer even though he is ferocious, he's never lost a battle. He's never lost an argument. From the outside looking in, that kind of dad may be off-putting, but our Heavenly Father so loves the world that He gives. He opens up His own heart, gives us His Son, and His Son says, the Father is good. And so we need to have a holy fear of the awesomeness of God, but it should lead to faith and trust in that God. Even when we don't see how everything is working together for good, faith believes God is going to do what God said he will do. He said he will fix everything. But everything's out of control. God said he's in control. But people are dying and suffering. But God gives eternal life, and it heals all wounds but 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 god but god faith always says but god always the key to melting earthly fears is increasing our holy fear and i think that is the key to faith so second corinthians chapter one if you'll follow along i'm going to read from 18 to 22 Paul says, As surely as God is faithful, our word to you has not been yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, whom we proclaimed among you, Silvanus and Timothy and I, Jesus was not yes and no, but in him it is always yes. For all the promises of God find their yes, their amen, in him. That is why it is through him, Jesus, that we utter our amen to God for his glory. And it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us and who has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. And the first thing I want you to notice is how much of that language from Paul talking about faith reflects the way Paul talks about the faith of Abraham. There's glory in there. There's trust in there. There's Jesus in there. He's called the Christ. There's the Spirit. There's the guarantee. There's the steadfastness of God. Faith is believing in the truth and the promises of God. Write that down. Faith is believing in the truth and the promises of God. Truth is, I I like to think of that as the objective reality, the way things are, the way God is, and then I think of promises as the character and the person of God, how he operates. Truth, boom. And the truth is hard when the doctor says, the truth is cancer. The truth is they're dead. The truth is, you can't fix anything. The truth is harsh, cold, unforgiving. But when God speaks, He delivers promises that lift us above all the circumstances of life. So, truth and promises, truth and promises. God's nature gives us something to have faith in. In verse 18, As surely as God is faithful, Paul opens his argument. My argument on faith goes back to God first of all. He is faithful. We have faith because we have something to have faith in. Not like a chair that I'm going to sit in. I have faith that it's going to hold me. Yeah, great. Until somebody saws off the leg, pulls pulls it out from under you, That's a temporary small t faith. God is the capital T of truth. Not little, not flighty, faithful. As surely as God is faithful. I like that he starts there. Christian faith believes truth and then acts on it. If God is that faithful, it's for a purpose. You were created to place your faith in Him, but it doesn't stop there, comma. And live it out. That's Christian faith. We start with the truth, but then we build on it. You don't. Do you think Abraham trembled before God when God said, "Go sacrifice your son"? You think there was some holy fear? They're like, "Whoa, that's heavy. We mean sacrifice my son." He trusted that God knew what he was doing. And his holy fear of God, he put, he put it into action, right? He carries his son, he takes his son up to the mountain, is about to sacrifice him. God intervenes. Why? Because God had made a promise. Abraham acted on the truth. God acted on the promise. It was a harsh truth, but God stepped in. No matter how harsh truth is in your life, God always speaks hope into it. We have to have faith in that. Always. To live by faith is to believe and tremble, but also believe in the middle of all the bad news. I'm broken, you're broken, I sin, you sin. We can't stop. There's grace. Faith says, God loves me anyway. That's that's hard when you know the truth about you. You're life is depressing. There are moments that are great and glorious and we celebrate. But man, when we're alone and we're hurting, the truth hurts. What will lift you up? The promise. And you won't find those promises looking at the stars. You won't find those promises in the lines in your palm or through tarot cards, through a mystic or through a medium. You only find the promises of God's love and God's word. He has spoken to us specifically to tell us who he is. Our faith is in him through this word. And look in verse 21. And it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us. Paul starts off in this little passage about God is faithful. He moves on to the promises that are in God. And in verse 21, God establishes us in Christ by grace, not by works. No matter how many times we talk about this, it is never enough. Because the entire world system, all human mindsets are thinking that i can do good and raise myself up i can pull myself up by my own bootstraps i can outweigh my good or outweigh my evil with my good i can confess enough i can repent enough i can do enough to be good right clean forgiven no you can't paul is adamant Only God can establish us, make us right, make us righteous. And that's by faith. We have faith in God and He declares us righteous. That's how it worked with Abraham. Abraham believed God and then God counted that, credited that faith as righteousness. Belief, that God is faithful, belief that He's steady, that He's sure, believing that God will do what He says He can do. That's what establishes us in our faith. Grace, not works. And the third one, under truth. God gives us His Holy Spirit. So verse 21 says, it is God who establishes us with you in Christ. Anyone's a believer. God has established all of us together in Christ. God did it. God anoints us. And then in verse 22, on top of that, God has also put His seal on us and given us His Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. This is a truth that we can build our faith on. That God gives us access to his holy spirit not just access he gives the spirit access to us it's not just we need to reach out to him god sends him into us what does the spirit do convicts guides leads empowers the spirit does a lot actually let me rephrase that the spirit does everything If there's anything in your life that is good and worthy of praise, it ain't you. It's God working through you. Somebody runs up to Jesus, good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Uh, Point number one, uh, no one is good but God. So you calling me good means I'm God, is that what we're saying here? Jesus has to correct somebody. I'm not good like everybody else is good. Jesus is good on a different level. He's good god-sized good and any other good that is in you that is in me it's god-sized placed upon me it's only good if god is in it if god is in it it's not good what does the bible say about faith if you don't do anything by faith then you're not doing anything by faith it doesn't count there's nothing good Without faith, you cannot do anything right. You have to believe that God is who He says He is, live your life out of that, and then you can do good works. That's how it works. That's how we work. So what does faith do? If we have the Holy Spirit, faith reads the Bible. Faith allows the Holy Spirit to continue to teach us, to train us, to correct us, to rebuke us. Faith prays in the power of the Spirit. And faith sees God through His wonders, His works, and His words. Faith spends more time trusting than worrying. How does that sit with you? A life of faith spends more time trusting God, trusting God than worrying about everything else this is why a holy fear of God a proper faith in God should melt away the cares and anxieties that we carry around and and that are piled upon us sometimes by no choice of our own just everything else gets piled on us how do I relieve that stress how do I adapt how do I overcome through Jesus who is Jesus uh what has Jesus done uh who is God uh You're only going to get the answers to those questions as you read and study and pray and talk to him and trust him. And instead of just praying about your troubles, pray to God how awesome he is and how much you want him to take your troubles. Don't focus on, don't even give the troubles that much attention. Are they real and should we pray? Yeah, God teaches us we're going to suffer and we need to pray. But how do we pray? Oh, Seems like somebody asked Jesus that one time. Lord, teach us to pray. Well, step one, tell God all your problems. Uh. Step one, tell God what you need. Uh. What should step one be? What should st- our Father in heaven hallowed, high. Exalted, lifted up, name above all names, King of kings, Lord of lords, author of life, redeemer, treasure, refuge. That's where you start your praying. And slowly but surely, as you remember, your prayer is you remembering who God is. It makes everything else you have to say easier. God help our Father in Heaven. Yes, you're supposed to get to forgive us, give us our daily bread, help me through the valley of the shadow of death. You're supposed to get to those things. But first, God. That's what faith does. The stronger your faith, the quicker you take everything to God first, instead of taking it on yourself. The quicker you roll everything onto God, instead of letting everybody else smash you with their trouble, their grief, their sin. Roll it on to God. Confess it to God. Bring it to God. God first. God always because He is the truth. But what about the idea of promise? Turn to Romans chapter 8. Very familiar passage of Scripture. Hey, Bill, switch those lights off for me for a second. They're on the wall back there, three of them. Just hang out there for a minute, man. When all the other lights are on, a single candle is easy to forget about. You've been staring at this candle since we lit it this morning, the candle of faith. Is it possible that with all the other lights, all the other things going on, your attention was diverted? A candle represents faith in many ways. It will always shine its brightest when your life is the darkest. God, increase my faith.
2: Off, off,
0: off. Not that much. It's too dark. It's too painful. This hurts too much. I can't handle this. Off, 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 off. If you want God to increase your faith, there's going to need to be some pain, some loneliness, some grief, some suffering. We flinch at suffering. Faith burns stronger the darker it gets. Thanks, Bill. Turn those back on. Try not to forget about faith. (laughs) Try not to forget. Romans 8, verse 35. Romans 8, verse 35. Who shall separate us From the love of Christ shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. That sounds pretty dark, doesn't it? That sounds pretty hopeless. yet, Paul is talking about hope. He's talking about faith. He's trying to encourage us. So Why are you talking about tribulation and distress and persecution and famine and darkness and death? Why are you talking about those things? I need faith. I need hope. Time out, cowboy. Because Paul is talking about real life. That's why. This is not a book that glosses over our suffering and our pain. It tackles it head on. Jesus tackles us head on. And then He speaks hope. And then He speaks faith. Verse 37. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. People of faith are never separated from Christ. Write that down. People of faith are never separated from Christ. So, open your eyes. Run to God with your fears. Don't Choose misery when you have a home with God. He is a moving target. Steadfast, faithful, yeah. Active. Powerful. Caring. And he knows the more you chase him, the more you get him. Why doesn't he make it easier? (laughs) Wait a minute, let's turn that around. Why don't you just make it easier? Why don't you just do what is right? That'd be a lot easier. The only reason it's hard to find God is you keep running away from God. It's not so much that he's moving too fast. It's that you're moving the wrong direction. See that in yourself. Identify the real problem here. It's not God. It's me. It's not everybody else either. It's me. They don't control me. Or do they? You're going to have to wrestle with that one yourself. It should be God who controls you. People of faith are never separated from Christ. People of faith also, they will suffer and lose many worldly comforts. Verse 36, that's as real as it gets. Sometimes we are going to be killed, regarded as sheep to be slaughtered, meat in the machine, to be used, to be abused, to be persecuted, to be taken advantage of. We are sheep, and that's what sheep are for the good of others. God can work that out for good. People of faith will suffer and lose many worldly comforts. Expect it and don't throw a fit over it. Don't don't be shocked when things don't go according to plan, when your dreams are dashed, when somebody breaks your heart. That's what people do. We forgive them anyway. You're going to lose many worldly comforts. It's part of growing in your faith. But God promises we won't lose what matters. Verse 37. And all these things we are more than conquerors. I challenge you. I challenge you. Go to Bible.org, Bible Gateway, your preferred U you you version. I, I challenge you this week to search and learn on your own. What does that mean? That I'm more than a conqueror? We know what it means to be a conqueror. Played any sports? Gotten first chair? been chosen, gotten a one in something, gotten an A, overcome a hard teacher. We know what it means to overcome and succeed, to win, to get something right. We know what that means, to be an overcomer. There are challenges, there's persecution, you have to struggle, you have to sweat, you have to practice, you have to make some sacrifices. We know what it means to overcome. What do you think it means? This week, this is your homework. What does it mean that I'm more than an overcomer? How can you be more than a winner? How can you be more than first place? How could you be more than gold medal? Like, how can you be more? Is there a, is there a zero chair? Is there, a, is there another league that I'm not a part of? You know, like, I've got the NFC, the AFC. Like, what am I part? What, I don't mean like, you then your XFL. Don't be something weird. That's just crazy. But like, what are you? Have you ever, I'm thinking deeply about this. And the answer is cool. You're more than an overcomer through Christ. It's not about you, it's about him. He establishes us. That's the truth. Here's the promise. You will overcome everything. You may not see it now, but you're already a winner. That's your hint. You're already an overcomer, even though you haven't overcome. Because who who is our faith in? Is he faithful? Yes, he's faithful. That's how you overcome. People of faith overcome. They rule. They reign. And they never live in fear. Forever. We overcome. And then people of faith are untouchable in spiritual matters. Verses thirty eight and thirty nine, death, life, angels, rulers, present things, future things, spiritual powers, earthly powers, high high things, tall things, deep things, anything else. All things. Like he goes to great extent here to basically say all things. None of those things can separate you from God if you are in Christ Jesus. So people of faith are untouchable in spiritual matters. Untouchable in spiritual matters. There's a lot about you that can hurt, that can lose. But there's a part of you in Christ that is eternal. You were made to live forever. It's one of the the reasons why people have such a hard time with funerals. It just, for lack of a better phrase, it just doesn't feel right to lose somebody. You're tapping into something very profound there. We shouldn't have to lose anybody. God's idea is that we would all live together in harmony with him forever. Sin, our sin, our choices lead to death. That's abnormal. So God steps in with promises and he's got a solution for that. It's called eternal life and it goes way beyond what we are going through now. We need to understand that that spiritual life that God gives us is untouchable by the things of this world. We're only going to learn that by suffering and having pain. Write this down. Faith remembers the truth and trusts the promises of God. The two key elements of faith. You have to have truth to have faith in. But then you need to have some promises from God that take you beyond small truth and into eternal truth. God, as surely as God is faithful, He establishes us in Christ. He sets us at the right hand of Christ in heavenly places. He gives us an eternal hope. He promises us, us that we get to be a part of His eternal glory. That, those promises plus that truth is where we place our faith. Does that make sense? Our faith is not in what we see. It's in invisible things. Our faith is in God. Abraham believed in God and it was counted to him as righteousness. So this holiday season and all of your craziness, all of your hustling and bustling, please keep taking the time to draw near to God by reading your Bible, singing Scripture and truth, That's what these carols are about. They're good. Helping other people. Praying. Take some time to pray from a thankful heart. A thankful heart gives. It gives attention to other people, helps meet other people's needs. Here's here's a practical challenge for this week. Draw near to God this week by blessing someone who can't pay you back. Lori, we've done several meals. Have any of those customers that we've served, the food insecure of Enid, have any of those people ever given you a thank you card, a text, a call, pat on the back, maybe a kick in the pants because there was too much pepper or it was not enough butter, we ran out of dessert? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't serve them because they're lovely people. We serve other people because we have a lovely God. When you adjust your frame of thinking and your faith is in Him, His truth, His promises on who He is, it becomes a lot easier to serve everybody, especially those who can't help you and pay you back. This is a season of giving and I've, I give the most to my family because I receive the most from my family. But God, So loved the world that he gave to ungrateful people. He gave his son to people who would crush him, spit on him, abuse him, pierce him, murder him. They would have thrown his body in a valley to be eaten by wolves if a few faithful people hadn't taken him, carefully wrapped him, and put him in the tomb. That's what this world wants to do to you, abuse you use you, throw you out like sheep being slaughtered, good for nothing. But God, He has a bigger truth in store for you and He makes promises. Have faith in Him. Stand with me. The last slide, you're going to have to remember this and write it down later. Don't cheat and write it down now. You're supposed to be standing. Come on, you. you I don't, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm not even going to say it till I... Well, that's sneaky. She's holding it. She stood up with her notes. That's clever. There's always those kids in the youth group. They always find a way around all the rules. I know where that came from. Guilty as charged. Here's my final word to you before we pray. If you will fear the Lord, then you will live by faith. You have a proper fear of God, holy fear, not dread, not that he's a danger, but that he's good. If you have the proper fear of the Lord, you will live out your faith. That's how it works. You will live by faith. Let's pray for that. God, we come to you in the name of Jesus, who is the amen and the yes forever. And we say thank you for being faithful to us even when we are not faithful to you. Thank you for establishing us when we could never save ourselves. Thank you for all the promises that we could never earn or deserve. Thank you. Thank you for the hope that we have. We place our faith in you today. When we say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen.
2: angels we
1: for today is from Ephesians 3 verses 17 through 19. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, and height, and depth, and to know the love of Christ
2: which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. you are dismissed.